What's up, everybody? I am Ryan McNichols, host of Fantasy Oddballs Football Podcast. I am joined by my co-host, Rich Hauk, and our producer, Mike Coyle. We are talking everything Dynasty and season-long fantasy football. We dig through all the numbers so that you don't have to. What's up, everybody? We are back. It is still Wednesday, November 2nd. The Phillies are still getting annihilated. We are just hoping they get a hit at this point so they are not shut out. It's good for the momentum. Rich is very bummed out about this. He's already lost all faith. It's called the series after this. No, no, no. I didn't go that far. So maybe. Maybe, if there if there's a no-hit. All right, so that's that's kind of where Rich's head is at. That's why he's a little distracted in the last episodes. Hopefully be a little more focused in this one because uh, there's not much to watch going on in this Phillies game. We're going to pick up where we left off, kind of looking at last week's games, going forward, talking about some of the storylines and stuff like that. And that being said, let's just get right into it. Saints or, Saints versus Raiders. Saints blanked the Raiders. This was a very poor performance from the Raiders. So let's start with the two sides. First, the Saints seem, that they're, seem like they're going to be moving forward with Andy Dalton at quarterback. So how do we feel about that from a fantasy perspective? It's great news for Alvin Kamara. It is probably slight downgrade for Olave. I mean, Winston was probably going to chuck them things up to him. Um, Dalton's going to be stay more on schedule. He's going to stay within the offense. He's not going to try and do too much. Which I mean, it's going to be good. Olave will be a, a playable wide receiver going forward. But Kamara, though, he's, he goes back to probably be he's an RB one after that little bit of a downspurt uh, down he had in the beginning of the season. And Chris Olave goes from being more of a top twelve play to kind of a Whatever fifteen to twenty two. play. Yeah. yeah. So, all right. And then on the flip side of that, the Raiders. What to what, make of them, man? What were what happened? What were they doing in this game? They just looked. I don't know, man. It looked. It, it was the day before Halloween. Did a bunch of people just dress up as the Raiders and go out there for the football game instead of the actual Raiders? Was like that not really Derek Carr and Devontae Adams out there? Like, what happened? So, I mean, Derek Carr under two fantasy points. Devontae Adams under two fantasy points. Hunter Renfro under two fantasy points. Darren Waller didn't play due to a hamstring. Josh Jacobs seven and a half fantasy points. The highest scoring player was Matt Collins with 13 and a half fantasy points. So they didn't score a single touchdown. Hunter Renfro at this point is, should be on is, is should be dropped essentially in leagues. I mean, I don't he just hasn't been worked into the offense at all. Devontae sure. Adams has completely taken away any sort of, you know, target share that Hunter Renfro had and anything that was left over Matt Collins is apparently getting for some reason. Don't One know. One year wonder for Renfro? One year wonder? It seems to be that way, man. You know, that meme of him versus DK Metcalf apparently has finally caught up to him. They're like, the universe was like, yeah, these two players shouldn't be producing the same amount. (laughs) So, and Devontae Adams missed practice again today due to an illness still. Apparently he's still sick. It's not COVID, but I don't know what he has, but it seemed like it really was affecting him last week. You know, one catch game from Devontae Adams, you don't see that often. I don't, I mean... What do we got for the Saint or the Raiders this week? Jacksonville. So, you know, you'd think that they should be able to beat the Jacksonville Jaguars, but their Raiders are what at this point? Two and five? Two and six? Two and six. 
Yeah, it's it's not good. So, I mean, they're playing the way we thought they were going to play last year after, you know, John Gruden got fired and everything kind of happened. So, I, they, I, I don't know. It just seems... We were way too high on the Raiders. <laughs> apparently, man. So, and it's just sad. The Broncos and the Raiders seem like they're completely out of it, and the Chargers don't seem to be capitalizing on it, and the Chiefs are just going to seem like they're running away with the division again. Just out of nowhere. So, a little disappointing on that end. You know, that said, going forward, you're still starting Josh Jacobs. He's been, you know, performing every week. You're hoping this was just kind of a dud-down game from the Raiders, and they're playing the Jaguars this upcoming week. Devontae Adams, he's healthy. You still have to play him and keep out for looking out for news for Darren Waller. And I think that's it at the moment as far as that offense goes. It's Devontae Adams and Josh Jacobs, you just kind of got to stick them out there. I mean, Matt Collins is like a wide receiver three, very low-end flex play if you have to. But uh, other than that, don't really have any interest there. Yeah, no thanks. All right, so let's move on then to the Titans versus Texans. Titans win this game 17-10. to 10. Let me rephrase. Derrick Henry. Henry won the game 17-10. <laughs> he, yeah, Derrick Henry went off in this past game. He had over 200 rushing yards, two rushing touchdowns. Malik Willis was the starting quarterback for the, Rave, or for the Titans because uh, Ryan Tannehill was injured and out. Malik Willis did absolutely nothing, didn't need to do anything, and you just give the ball to Derrick Henry. I think this was like the fourth game in a row that Derrick Henry's had against the Houston Texans with over 200 rushing yards. So if Derrick Henry plays the Houston Texans, you definitely start Derrick Henry, and you hit the over on 200 rushing yards. I have to double-check this, but I think think he plays the Texans championship week. Week 16. Yep. Semifinals. Semifinals of the playoffs. All right. Derrick Henry against the Texans in the semis. All right. So 200 yards for Derrick Henry in the semifinals. <laughs> yep. Book it. And none of the pass catchers did anything, obviously, with that being, you know, Derrick Henry getting just under 36 fantasy points. On the flip side of that, Texans... They look like they're taking a step back from where they were at last year, man. They just don't seem to be as competitive as they were before. Davis Mills doesn't seem like he's improved. Thanks. Yeah. You know, Nico Collins was out, and we still only got an 11.3 performance from Brandon Cooks, who wanted to get traded, apparently, maybe, I don't know. Sent out a cryptic tweet yesterday after not being traded, something about, you know, can't hide the truth no more something like there have been hiding the truth long enough not no more something like that you know play games with my career is a very weird text message i'm not sure who it was directed at or toward see like this man has been traded like four times for a first round pick so i'm not sure who exactly this tweet was directed at name a better duo than wide receivers and cryptic tweets (laughs) uh, wide receivers are always posting some crazy things dude NFL media members and the eyeball emoji. Good point. <laughs> just the eyeball emoji, nothing else to go with it. Just oh, eyes, uh, something's coming. It's like, yeah, well, you'll be right because we don't, you're not referring to anything specific. So when any news breaks now, you can just be like, oh, that's what I was talking about. But, yeah, and then Brandon Cooks so was not traded, still part of the Houston Texans moving forward. Unfortunately. That, yeah, that being said, he's a low he's a solid, you know, twelve point flex play for you. Getting about the same thing from Nico Collins, and then Damian Pierce managed to save his game with a touchdown, fourteen fantasy points, thank God. 
And he, again, he's going forward. He's, you know, top 20 RB, rolling out Damian Pierce. Probably more than a top 20 RB. Again, it's just a down week for the Texans. They have been a little bit better than that in the past couple of weeks. But, and you also like to see Damian Pierce involved in the passing game. So, starting, you know, Damian Pierce, flexing Brandon Cooks, and you're starting Derrick Henry. Other than that, you don't, I think that's everything as far as these two teams goes. Keep it moving. Head on over then to the Seahawks versus Giants. Battle of two NFC powerhouses here. <laughs> Surprising coming into the season, right? Yep. Seahawks pull this game off 27-13. to Major takeaway from this game is that the Giants were... Their dependency on Saquon Barkley is very exposed in this game. And if game script gets out of hand for them and they have to try to throw, they don't have what it takes to try to throw and keep up with teams. No, it doesn't look that way. It looks like they're going to count on their defense to keep them in it. Defense in the run game. And I'm just not sure how confident I am that, you know, like, again, just... I don't know what you're going to do against an offense like the Eagles or, God forbid, you were playing an a- they play an AFC team like the Bengals or, you know, the Chiefs or the Bills. I said the Bengals, now they have the Bengals flop. The, the Chiefs or the Bills, you know, playing a high-powered offense. It's just, you know, you give up some plays and just, I, I don't, again, I just don't always like the thing where it's like the game script has to go a certain way for us in order to be able to win the game. We're, we have to keep it in one score so we continue to run the game and or run the ball and run the clock and move it like that because if it gets away from you, then, you know, you're SOL. And, I mean, their leading wide receiver at the moment is Darius Slayton, and he's on pace for fewer than 500 yards on the season. So, like, that's just not going to cut it. They Sounds need... like the Eagles a couple of years ago. Yeah. Even worse, though, because the Eagles at least could get a guy to, you know, seven, 800. Hey, what hurts, but, I mean, that was it, that last year of Carson Wentz, the second to last year of Carson Wentz, that just the offense was just, just felt poor. Yeah, it was, it was painful. poor. And so, you know, Wondell Robinson, we thought, might emerge as the wide receiver one there. Just, I'm not starting any pass catcher here. I'm starting Saquon Barkley, and, you know, that's it. I'm kind of moving on. Maybe flexing Daniel Jones. And, of course, you know, after we'd start to say that and come on to him because he had 60, you know, 60 rushing yards when he comes out with a nine-point fantasy performance. So he's a risky guy to throw out there, a quarterback. Again, he's had 60 rushing yards in every game, you know, prior to this. It's kind of giving you a safe floor before, but... They just got exposed this past week against the Seahawks. Couldn't keep up, and you know, that's game script got away from you. Had to throw it and couldn't run it like you like wanted to. And uh, yeah, so again, I'm pretty much just starting Saquon Barkley, and I'd avoid the rest if I could. I understand if you have to start Daniel Jones because you had Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson or somebody like that, but yeah. I'd avoid it if possible. Absolutely. Well, uh, starter Smith again with another solid performance. <laughs> we, we, talk, we didn't talk about Seattle yet, have we? No. Nah. <laughs> Go for it. Both Metcalf and uh, Lockett look good, which was uh, a little bit... Surprising, because yeah. both of them were potentially going to miss the Metcalf game. Metcalf left on a cart last week, like the week of the game prior. Just talked about maybe he could put on IR, could miss, you know, two to four weeks with a knee injury. He plays and puts up 17.5 fantasy points. Tyler Lockett also banged up all week, questionable about whether or not he's going to come out and play. He comes out, puts up 15.3 fantasy points. Sorry for anyone who tried to use Marquise Goodwin in a daily fantasy lineup and didn't realize that both those guys were going to play like that. Kenneth Walker, 12.2 fantasy points. I believe he also saved his day with a late touchdown, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. So, again, you're still rolling out 
it, nothing really changes here. You're rolling out Geno Smith, Metcalf, Lockett, and Walker, and I don't, you know, you don't really want anything to, the, the tight ends, they're using multiple tight ends. You don't want anything to do with them. No. All right, and then we've got the 49ers versus the Rams. Are the Rams dead? Talk about another team that got exposed, man. Are the Rams dead? Is their I, season over at this point? It's not over. Uh, you know, based off the standings, I think they're still, you know, with how bad the NFC is. Yeah, but how bad they've looked. Are we confident that they can get that turned around? So they are 3-4 and four at the moment. They got the Bucks this week. I mean, one of those teams got to get right. <laughs> <laughs> like, we say that. This could be they what we thought was previously going to be one of the best games of the season. Looks like it could be one of the worst games we've ever seen. I mean, man. So, I think something important to mention here, something obviously that, you know, I'm surprised you've forgotten about or we didn't want to mention was off off the cup, was uh, why was Cooper Cup still out there at that point? Yeah, I forgot about how mad I was when that happened. They had all but waved the white flag previously. They had stopped on the, yeah, the with five and a half minutes left in the game we were watching. They weren't trying to score. They weren't trying to move the offense. Like, they had given up on offense. It was like second and ten, and they were doing an, H- an HB dive. There was no reason to still have him out there. And then on the last drive of the game, you want to try to get Cooper Cup involved, and he takes a shot where he – so he's listed as what, day-to-day at the moment? Yeah, they said there was no structural damage, and he's, he's expected to play. So we'll see how that goes for him. Again, it seems he's avoided a major injury. He – question of whether or not he plays this upcoming week. It was stupid to even have him out there for that, especially because, like you said, they had waved the white flag at that point. Like we said, the past two drives, they had gotten just the way they were calling plays and how they went about it, you could tell they were not trying to win the game. They were just going through the motions of running out the clock. And so I I don't know why they even bothered risking him. Matthew Matthew Stafford, again, something's going on. I think in between the head there, like in between the eyes, like something. He, he's got he's doing the same thing where he's just he's not seeing all of his reads. He's not seeing the open receivers a lot. I know I said it before, but there's plenty of times where you see that Allen Robinson or someone's open. He's just not going to him because he's not seeing him. He's looking for Cooper Cup, or he's just like you know he he's, he's looks jittery back there in the pocket, like he's trying to get rid of the ball too quick and. I mean, I don't know. what What's your take on the whole situation with Stafford there? He's really feeling the offensive line being poor. Like, he's speeding up his clock, he's getting the happy feet, and he's just, he's not right. So the same problem gone as the Buccaneers, where the, yeah. the offensive line is the just Broncos, bad. Broncos, like, Russ is doing the same thing. Like, I don't know if the Broncos' line is as bad as these other lines are, not, though. I think I just, Russ like, see is just a lot a little of the more. same stuff. Russ is, he's not right either. I'm seeing a lot of the, a lot of the same stuff. <laughs> Missing open guys, leaving open pockets because you're worried, you know. And I don't know what to do to fix that. So, again, keep an eye on the Cooper Cup injury situation. If he's out, Allen Robinson, in theory, looks like would be the number one wide receiver there. He's actually been operating as the number two the past few weeks. You know, has had double-digit fantasy points for three weeks in a row now. And take that compared to what he was doing before. And Van Jefferson is back. He didn't do much in this uh, past game. Don't know if he's 100% back. I think they're slowly working him in there, hopefully hoping some things up for this offense. But, uh, yeah. And as far as running backs go, I mean, they didn't trade Cam Akers, so he's still on the team. Daryl Henderson's been ineffective. I just, I, 
you want Cooper Cup, and you know that's about it. Maybe you could flex down Robinson if you've got some guys on a bye. And it's, it's a tough situation. This is one of our higher ranked offenses coming into the year, and they're just wow, not living up to expectations. Yeah, the O line disappointing. The O line's gone, and then it affects the quarterback, and then the entire offense just goes you know down the drain. On the flip side of that, the 49ers, though, their offense received a boost recently by getting Christian McCaffrey. And I don't know the stat off of my the top of my head, but I do know that Christian McCaffrey threw, caught, and ran for a touchdown last week. First time since LaDainian Tomlinson. There you go. So he put up four, just over 40 fantasy points for you. He's been really effective for the 49ers since he's been there. He's looking like the Christian McCaffrey of old, the number one overall pick, Christian McCaffrey. <clears throat> so you're starting him going forward, hands down, and you just keep hoping for more of the same and that he can avoid any unfortunate things that happen to the running backs at the 49ers over there. Stevie Samuel did not play with an injury picked up last week. He may or may not be back for this upcoming week with him out. It was Brandon Ayuk again in the passing game aside from CMC, just over 20 fantasy points. Jimmy Garoppolo, just under 18 fantasy points. Jimmy Garoppolo is a safe floor streamer. He doesn't necessarily have, like, 20-point upside, essentially. You know, maybe in, you know, six-point passing touchdown leagues he could get the 20 points, but... He does seem to have a safe floor of, you know, around 14, 15 points, which is more than you can say for some other guys like Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. So, good with streaming Jimmy G. Good with, you know, playing Ayuk as a wide receiver to or a flex play at the moment. Even if Debo Samuel comes back, he just seems to have a connection with Jimmy Garoppolo. Starting Samuel if he's healthy. You're starting CMC, and George Kittle is coming back in. You know, he's coming alive. Just under 13 fantasy points this past week. Not huge, but... You know, you'll take that from your tight end. <coughs> and anything else from this game? We're not interested in any of the other pass catchers or anything on the nah. Rams, right? All right, so that being said, we'll move over to the Commanders versus the Colts. I wish we didn't have to, but we do. So, <coughs> basically... Both teams made a quarterback change recently. The Commanders' quarterback change seems to have helped Terry McLaurin, who's had two good fantasy games back-to-back. He's alive. His pulse. 16.5 fantasy points this past week with Taylor Heineke under center. Curtis Samuels falling back into his role as the number two wide receiver there, you know, just under 11 fantasy points. The running back is a full-blown committee at this point with, you know, Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson seemingly splitting first and second down work and... J.D. McKissick operating as the third down slash passing catching back. I'm sure he's playing this week. Who, McKissick? Yeah, he's banged up. Okay, so if McKissick is out, then it'd be more just a split between Robinson and Gibson. It's kind of hard to tell which one of them on any given week is going to be the guy. It seems, again, it just Gibson, I think, has gone off the past two weeks, but it seems like they were really trying to move on and get rid of him, so I don't know if uh, the week you, it's just one of those, one of those situations I want to avoid because I feel like it's one of those ones where I'll always be wrong. If I trust Antonio Gibson, it'll, it'll be, be Brian Robinson. If I trust Brian Robinson, it'll be Antonio Gibson, and I'll never get it right. So I just don't know that I want anything really to do with it. Go psycho and start on both. <laughs> no. Um, so that being said, if McKissick is out, I guess they're both 
you know, flex plays, borderline wide receiver or RB2 options at that point, pick your poison, you know, however you feel about Who whichever one the of them doesn't. It's that, yeah, essentially that's what it is. So, and then that's pretty much everything as far as the commanders go. On the flip side, the Colts made a quarterback change, and it doesn't seem to have helped the offense at all. No, that offensive line's still poor. Yeah. We, yeah, the offensive line is poor. Sam Elger's mobility didn't really seem to lead to too many more points being scored. Michael Pittman, just under 12.5 fantasy points. Alec Pierce, 9.5. Paris Campbell, 9. Jonathan Taylor, dealing with an ankle injury, came out. So, he went into the game. He was seemed like he was relatively effective. Then he tweaked his ankle, and then he... After that, he wasn't as effective, and he fumbled the football, so he lost two fantasy points. But on a per-rush basis, he was somewhat effective. And now Naheem Hines is gone. The Colts traded him at the deadline over to the Buffalo Bills. So it's just Jonathan Taylor and Deion Jackson back there. Deion Jackson not really a pass-catching back. Does this mean that Jonathan Taylor might take on more of a role of 12 to 14 carries with 3 to 5 targets per game? I mean, you hope, but is Jonathan Taylor going to play this week? You hope. I hope. Yeah, we all do. We both hope. Yeah, we do. I think Mike has him as well, so all three of us are hoping Jonathan Taylor plays this week. So I believe he sat out this practice. They could just be resting him with the ankle. So it... it, it could just be one of those things where maybe just rest him during the week for the two or three for two three days and let the ankle just rest for those days because you don't really need him to practice and then actually have him test it out in warm-ups and in the game on Sunday and then see if he can't go like that's what I would do if I was the team that doesn't help us for fantasy because then he's not going to practice all week and we're yeah. going to be really questionable about it but that would be the smartest move for the team's perspective if Jonathan Taylor's active, you're playing him, and yeah. you're hoping, like we said, that that role goes there. And if not, you know, in redraft, if Deion Jackson got dropped back down to free agency or waivers, try to pick him up just in case because, again, with Naheem's gone, it's just those two there. So I mean, if Taylor is out, Deion Jackson, you know, got to hammer him in, in DFS. I know this isn't like a bold take segment, but I'm going to put one out there. If Jonathan Taylor doesn't play, I'm benching Michael Pittman. Benching Michael Pittman if there's no Jonathan Taylor. They're playing the Patriots. Bill Belichick has a history of eliminating a team's number one option regardless of what it is. And you have to think if Taylor plays, it's Taylor. So Pittman should have, you know, some some work. But if there's no Taylor, goodbye Michael Pittman. Yeah, and how do we feel about Alec Pierce? He could get a little borderline bit more, flex play. Yeah, he could get a little bit more upside there if they're, if Pittman's taking all the focus. Yeah, the pecking order seemed to have stayed the same. Pittman, Pierce, Campbell as far with the first game with Sam Allinger out there. So we'll see how it goes going forward. But like you said, I, I'd be nervous starting Pittman against the Patriots if there's no Jonathan Taylor. Nervous starting Pierce still anyway. I probably wouldn't be starting him in redraft league. I, I probably have better options in our dynasty league. I'm starting him. we got some other people on buys and whatnot. But... And if Jonathan Taylor plays, you feel better about Pittman then? He's, you know... Yeah, I don't know. I still don't know. I'm uh, he's not... Talking, like, in Dynasty, I have the option of a deep wide receiver room. So, like, I don't know if... I might not play him anyway. Yeah. Even if Taylor plays or not. Yeah, in redraft, I do... I think I'm benching him in one league because I just can't... 
I can't risk the dud, you know what I mean? I think I got T. Higgins and Olave going, and then I'm starting three running backs because I can't have Pittman come out and put up nine points on me. I'm playing a, another tough team and another tough opponent in that league. Um, so, yeah. So, Jonathan Taylor, if he plays, you're starting Taylor and possibly Pittman. And if there's no Taylor, you're starting Deion Jackson, and Pittman becomes an even riskier play. And then as far as the commander goes, you're starting Terry McLaurin, and that's it. You maybe want to play one of the running backs, pick your poison, but I'd stay away personally. Then we'll go over to the Sunday night game. It turns out that the best thing for the Packers was not to play the Buffalo Bills in prime time on Sunday night football with no Alan Lazard, but, you know. The score feels closer than the game was. 27-17, yeah. It was it was never that close, so the Bills just keep doing what they do. Josh Allen, you know, it's a Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs show. They just go off every week. Yeah, relatively down game for Josh Allen with seventeen and a half fantasy points in uh, that standard, uh, just four point passing touchdown league. So, yeah, kind of a down week for him. But I mean, his down week is essentially the ceiling for other people. Like that's Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers' ceiling right there. And Aaron Rodgers hasn't hit seventeen points yet. So, Stephon Diggs, twenty, just under 23 fantasy points. Gabe Davis, only 5.5. We've kind of talked about this already. Gabe Davis seems like he's going to be Mike Williams-like, mm-hmm. where he's either going to have, you know, he's going to be relying on a big play here or there that's going to change his stats from, you know, 5.5 fantasy points versus catching a 50-yard touchdown, which is, you know, an additional 12 points and can put you at 17. So... Just got to decide whether or not you can take that risk on, on each given week, you know. It, and again, it changes. I know a lot of people say with somebody like me, well, it's just point them in your lineup and you close your eyes. But like sometimes look at your opponent. And if you have, uh, if it's like a closer score and you're kind of going to need that breakaway theory, like you're an underdog, you need all those points, then yeah, put him in there. But if you have a more consistent guy who's going to get you 14, 15 fantasy points and you're playing against a team that might be a little weaker than you or, you know, just on par with maybe some question marks, then start the more steady guy and. Makes sense. Let the other team take the risk of a high upside guy who doesn't hit. But and then the Bills we talked about, they acquired Naheem Hines. I don't know what this does for the running back room. He's just another. But how is he any different? Zach some, Moss got shipped out. We forgot to mention that earlier. I saw but. some some rationale from the. It was a quote from the. Uh, Bills GM, and I'm not going to get it 100 percent word for word, but it was like he, he felt like they improved three different rooms there. They improved the running back room. Um, they improved the special teams with punt returning. And they also, by proxy, improved the wide receivers because now Khalil Shakir doesn't have to worry about punt return and he can just worry about being a wide receiver. So they're going to use Naheem Hines on punt returns? Yes, punt return and, uh, and the running backs. And it also has no effect on James Cook, according to the GM. Okay. Whatever that means. So it's Devin Singletary, James Cook, and Naheem Hines is the third guy playing special teams and So they say. Uh, okay. So they say. Okay, so you still so basically the bottom line is the only running back you may want from the Buffalo Bills is potentially Devin Singletary as a flex play or low end R B two. And that's Yeah. I, I, you know what we forgot to mention? When we were talking about that last game, it just hit me, you now the Bills. Zach Boss is now a Colt. Yeah, that doesn't do anything for me. <laughs> <him. laughs> 
Me That's neither, why we didn't mention we it. Mention Doesn't, it yeah. yeah, we did just mention that he got shipped out in the trade, Taylor and I forgot where play, he went to. Yeah. yeah, he went to the Colts. He's a Colt now. Yeah, that's great. Well, I don't know what. He, uh, again, cool if beans. if he's if Taylor's out, hammer Deion Jackson. Don't get suckered in by Zach Moss. All right, let's keep him moving back to where we were. I'm sorry. And as far as the Packers go, I mean, you can't start Rodgers. Alan Lazard's hurt. Romeo Dobbs is very touchdown dependent. Aaron Jones, thank God, just under 20 fantasy points. Finally back. You got he's. He's at the point where he's like, you have to start him each week, and just you put him in, and you just hope. Yep. So we it, got a couple of good games back to back. Yeah, which is nice. Yeah, it's just a matter of the overall inefficiency of the offense, and you know whether or not he's going to get a touchdown or some passing game volume, which is, seems to be more volatile than you would have thought it would have been for him. If this offense ever figures it out. His touchdown upside is going to be so high. Yeah. And we talked about this off air. I just I, again, I put some of this on Rogers. Where like I know he complained and wanted veterans and all there, but it's like man, just during the preseason and off season and all that, you just, you got to take the reps with the young guys and try to get used to them, get them familiar with the offense instead of you know being so stubborn about it and then in season relying on you know Sammy Watkins and Randall Cobb who are you know thirty years old or older and you know injury history tells you they're not going to play all season. It's just like. You can't rely on that. It's like you would have been better off just trying to get things right with the younger wide receiver sooner as opposed to, you know, this. As opposed to, like, saying, uh, you know, one mistake and you're out of here. We got to get the best guy. We got to get Randall Cobb out and Sammy Watkins on the field and blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, dude, like, it's just not working, man. There's a reason Sammy Watkins is available and on, like, his sixth team in as many years. And there's a reason you were able to get Randall Cobb back. It's, you know, it's just, I put a lot, I put again. I just put the lack of development on it on on him, and then of course you know Christian Watson just keeps getting injured and being out. He's out with concussion at the moment. He left last game with concussion, so we'll see if he clears protocol on his back end. But I mean, he's missed it for you know, it's lower string. I forget what his hamstring or it's a lower body injury of some sort that's been kept keeping him out all yeah, prior to this. Rough rookie season for him. So. The only guy, yeah, the only person you want from the Packers offense is Aaron Jones, unfortunately. And, I, you know, I hope Robert Tanya is just one of those guys at tight end where, like, I don't want to start him. Like, maybe if you lost David Njoku or I don't even know who else you would have lost to tight If you lost, you know, Mark Andrews to injury or something like that and you have to roll out Tanya, I guess, but. You feeling lucky this week? Packers play Detroit. You starting Dobbs? Is Alan Lazard play? I don't know. Uh, no, I don't think I can do it. I think I could find somebody else I'd rather start over Dobbs. I'm um, drawing a blank on who could possibly be at the moment, but I think I feel better about Brandon Cooks over Dobbs. Okay. Um, just to give you kind of give you an idea, I just again I think it's a safer floor with. With Brandon Cooks, you know the upside's not there. Like again, I guess it depends on what you need. You know, if you're feeling lucky, Romeo. But again, Romeo Dobbs is a guy where he, he his ceiling is a lot lower for this. But he could get you know 16, 17 fantasy points. He could also give you zero. Yeah, he had a donut last week, and then so, just this past game he had sixteen. So you know, you know, it's a decent matchup against the Lions. But I think I would be trying to find somebody. Um, I'd be trying if I hadn't. If he's not already picked up, I would have grabbed Devin Duvernay. You know who's going to who should be operating as the one for the uh, Ravens going forward. I'd uh, who else are some 
wide receivers that could be available that we could that I could look at. I'm just drawing a blank on anybody at the moment because waivers just ran and I'm in some deep leagues, so I don't really know who's available in a whole lot of leagues. Yeah. No um, big deal. Jacoby Myers, I'd start over him. Another guy I know a lot of other people aren't high on, but we talked about him before. George Pitt, the Steelers on a bye this week, but I would pick up and start George Pickens over uh, Romeo Dobbs if it was a possibility. Um, somebody in this next game, actually, Donovan Peoples-Jones is somebody I might consider starting in the flex play of Romeo Dobbs. Like, uh, fourth game in a row where he's had nine or more fantasy. He had one game of nine fantasy points every other game. has been double digits, like 11, 12 fantasy points per game. Over there with the Cleveland Browns, with David Njoku out for a little bit, you know, there's somebody besides Amari Cooper has to get catch balls there, and he just seems to have emerged as the second target there. And, yeah, I mean, again, part of my problem with him before is his inconsistent, but he seems to be getting five to six targets per game recently. Yeah, even with Jacoby Brissett there, quarterback, and Amari Cooper are hogging up a lot of targets. So, I don't know, I just might feel more comfortable with that than, you know, Romeo Dobbs, who's a lot more spiky at the moment. Right. And that's kind of what DP Donovan Peoples-Jones was last year, was he had a game where he let go off for like 17 points, then he'd come back and he has a donut. And then he goes off for 15 points, then he has two donuts in a row. And just, you know... Th- that's uh, I think Romeo Dobbs is still a year away, and maybe they get a new quarterback that trusts the rookies a little bit more. Maybe Aaron Rodgers accepts that he needs to trust his rookies a little bit more. I'd still be holding on to Romeo Dobbs. Like I wouldn't drop Romeo Dobbs for Donovan Peoples-Jones, whereas like the other guys, like I would drop him for George Pickens now that Chase Claypool is gone. Right. I don't know that I'm dropping him for Brandon Cooks. I would start Brandon Cooks or... DPJ over him if I have them, but I wouldn't drop uh, Romeo Dobbs for those players. Okay. Other than George Pickens, if that makes sense, to kind of give you an idea of where he's at. So, very long way to answer your question, but get to the rest of the, the Browns versus Bengals games. The Browns absolutely smacked the Bengals 32-13. to The Bengals... Is the Bengals' offense going to look this bad without Jamar Chase? Is that what happened, or is this just a matter of, like, Joe Burris seems to be hexed against the Browns because he's so, not beating them? I think it's a combination of both. I mean, I, I mentioned it last week on there that the offense, I thought the offense might struggle a bit without Chase. I didn't think it would be that bad. But, um, hey, they're, they're losing that that guy, that deep threat, his deep threat ability, his ability to command double teams and open stuff up for everybody else. There's going to be an adjustment period there. How long it takes, you know, who knows? But it was just even some of his passes, his interception, his like. I mean, he just Barrow looked off, like he looked bad. I mean, yeah, gone, man. his security blanket's gone. I know his offensive line's been a problem, and this was something I had talked about before. Where it's like I think it, that's almost been to the detriment of the offense is how much he's been focusing yeah, in on Jamar time. Chase. Where like you know you're not seeing other things, and now that you have to do it, you're your offense it. is struggling. You're so. seeing it. It's like normally that offensive line breakdown real quick, and then he's like, "Oh, where's Jamar?" And now he's not there, and he's it, you got to trust T. Higgins or Tyler yeah. Boyd or Joe Mixon. Yep. So very down week for the Bengals offense. Just you know under thirteen and a half fantasy points for Barrow. Just under 14 points for T. Higgins, just under 13 for Boyd, and just under 13 for Joe Mixon. So, I mean, they were all, they were disappointing based off what you were expecting, but they weren't 
they didn't kill your no, lineups essentially. So you know, Barrow might have killed your lineup because you're probably expecting you know twenty more points out of him. But the other three, you know, yeah, you're solid. still wrong with them. And Hayden Hurst again as well, eight point two points. You can roll with him as well, tight end. So you just keep rolling those guys forward and hope this was a down week. You know, Monday night against the Browns, prime time on Halloween. You know, maybe just one of those, just one of those off weeks for them. On the flip side of that, the Browns were on. I think they realized that their offense can and should run through Nick Chubb. Twenty-five point four fantasy points for him. Nick Chubb is great, man. Uh, best pure runner in football. Yeah, hands down. Jonathan Taylor was maybe going to compete for it if he continued what he did last year, but he's not. So still it's, got, still it's got Derrick Henry, but yeah, there's that. It's between those two. So take your pick, man. They're both great. Jacoby Brissett, tw- just over 20 fantasy points in this game. Amari Cooper, 22. He's a uh, little bit like. Mike Williams, except he's actually the number one wide receiver on his team, so it's probably a, a little more of a safer floor. Or, or I guess a more, whereas Mike Williams, it's closer to a 60-40 shot of, you know, 20 points versus, you know, 5 points. Amari Cooper is more of like a 75 shot, 75% chance that he gets you the 20 or so points, and then, you know, a 25% chance he get you five points is kind of how I view it. Does that make sense? Do you understand yeah, that? that? makes sense. Okay. I hope everybody at home who listens understood that because it talks of nonsense on the show sometimes. Uh, other than that, Cream Hunt did not get traded, so he's still a member of the Cleveland Browns. On just over 11 fantasy points for him. I mean, I, he can't trust starting Cream Hunt at this point. It is risky. It's definitely risky. So, I mean, again, maybe if you're really desperate as a, like, low-end, you know, running back option, you're desperate like me, you lost two guys to IR for the season, like Brees Hall and Javante Williams. It's very unfortunate. But, uh, yeah, so uh, Amari Cooper, Nick Chubb, and maybe Flex, Donovan Peoples-Jones, if you got some guys on a buy, and Brissett. Matchup stream option, you know? Yeah. Matchup based streaming option. Only problem is, you know, Deshaun Watson's coming back in the next yeah, couple yeah, of weeks. You're right. Week nine's rapidly approaching. So it is week nine. So he play, comes back week 10. Does they have a bye? Yeah, they, had a, they had a bye. So yeah, he's not playing. And Cleveland Browns are on a bye. So Cleveland's on a bye. Okay. That's what it is. That's what you were saying. So yes, they're on a bye, and then Deshaun Watson will start coming out of the bye. Let's just, so just no gonna, more Jacoby Brissett either way, bottom line. So, yes, we are done with Jacoby Brissett. Right. Deshaun Watson will be back. Where are we at? In this right. episode, because I'm cutting part cool. of that out where we look like... We food. dedicate this episode to the eight weeks that Jacoby Brissett gave us as a fantasy quarterback. Hats off to Jacoby Brissett. Way to try for the Cleveland Browns. I don't know that they're necessarily in it. But I don't know that they're far enough out of it where they can say we don't need to put Deshaun Watson out there. So, and the Browns did say that it, Deshaun Watson will be the starter, is on track to be the starter when eligible. That was the phrasing when eligible. So, okay. we'll see because he had another lawsuit filed recently. But we we don't know that that'll necessarily make him ineligible or what's yeah, going on. Well, it should not based yeah. off the terms of the original punishment that was yeah. doled out. Anything, <clears throat> anything that still falls under that time frame. From before that he was already punished for, he can't be punished again. Okay. So, so there have to be a new allegation or a new lawsuit that 
or he didn't heard. meet the terms of his pre of his punishment, yes. which is part of therapy and you know things like that. So maybe if he's not showing remorse or something like that, they could try to do. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. But it was just weird that he said he is on track to return when eligible. So you know. Uh, I think that's going to be everything for this episode and this week. Any final thoughts on anything we said? Birds face the Texans this week. Going to move to 8 now. Yeah. Um, I will be at the Phillies World Series game tomorrow, so I will not be able to watch the Birds, but I will confidently, Stream it on your phone. confidently predict that the Birds are going to beat the Texans by two scores at least. Two scores, huh? You're going to put that out there in the universe. Yeah, two score win. It's easy money. All right. Well, the Eagles are going to win that game tomorrow is what I'm sure of. I can't think of a single area where the Texans have an advantage. And, again, this is just what I feel like all the big media is just kind of like, you know, every week just like, eh, the Eagles won again, you know, like whatever. And, like, again, they thought the Steelers were going to be a trap game. And that's what I think is not sinking in for everybody. It's like I, I don't feel like this is the team of the Eagles of old where we're going to play to the level of our opponent, where we're either going to play – up here with them if they're a good team or down in the mud with them if they're a bad team. We're playing we're, our level. We are game. playing our level, which is up here every game and coming out. It doesn't matter if it's good or bad. We're not going to have that stupid trap game where we just come out and we're all half asleep because it's like, no, it's like it's a complete team and every side seems to be able to get it together and figure things out as the game goes on. Just, I, I think they're taken for granted. Like, if you watch the games, there's never a point where you – feel like it was ever not in the Eagles' control. And it's just, I don't know where this notion that you're just going to come out sleeping one week or something like that is, is coming from. And it's like, if you've watched the games, it's just, that's not what they do anymore. That's not... In years past, yeah, I would have agreed with you. There was, there was plenty of games like there where we could come out and beat the, you know, the 10-1 and Green Bay Packers, and then we'll lose to the, you know, 2-8 and Detroit Lions. And you're just like, how... How do you do that? And it's like that's not how they're doing it this year, man. They're they've got a good mix of run and pass and the dual threat quarterback who's got a good you know, who's gotten a better feel for, you know, when to take off, when to slide and is now nailing deep shots. They've got AJ Brown there now and Miles Sanders actually staying healthy and playing well. Darius Slay and James Bradbury on the back end of corners, they're not giving up a whole lot of points. It's just yeah, I don't. I don't think they're going to get caught sleeping on a bad team like that. So it's looking really good for the birds. Yeah, for sure, for sure. But uh, other than that, until next time, you can follow us on Twitter at Fantasy Oddballs, and of course, we're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, anywhere you get your audio podcast. It's Fantasy Oddballs. Until next time, I'm Ryan McNichols. Rich out. Peace out.